Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to those that are here in person. We have a very rowdy crowd here in person today. And uh, <laughs> welcome to all of those that are watching online. I wanted to let you know the angel tree, the beautiful angel tree that's in the sanctuary. All the angels were taken this year right away, so that's awesome. But here's some other news. The gifts that you got for the angel tree are due back here tomorrow morning by 10 a.m. So hopefully we'll see you tomorrow morning uh, with those gifts. Um, wanted to let you know you can watch later online as well or show up here in person. At 11, we're going to have special music here in the sanctuary. It's going to be great. And we're going to have some returning guests I hear too, so it's going to be pretty great. Um, Christmas Eve, we would love for you to make reservations. That's the way to come to Christmas Eve service. We have a service at 4, another one at 6, and again, we require reservations for those. You can call the church office or register online. And this is a really big announcement. Jay, do you know who's coming here today at 12 o'clock? It's 12.30 actually, huh? Who's coming, Andy? Santa's coming! I know him. Santa's going to be here at our church at 12.30 to 2 o'clock in the portico. Is that right, Catherine? And Catherine told me there's more. Santa's here, but there's also North Pole uh, treat bags. It's going to be amazing. So you're going to want to show up for that. It's going to be great. Pastor Sam's excited. And now is the time of the service where we will be lighting our Advent candles. Watch and wait for Christ's coming. We light this candle in hope. We light this candle in peace. And we light this candle in joy. Rejoice, for the Lord is coming into darkness of oppression, exile to lead us home, as we hear in Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. The wilderness and dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. And rejoice and rejoice in singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, and majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf on stopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speech, speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool. The thirsty ground shall spring forth water. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion will be there, nor will there be any vengeous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and, God, and, and come to sing Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Let us pray. O Redeemer, our Lord, you, you lead us from lavishing and sorrow, sorrow shatters, shadows into laughter um, and abundant restoration. Thank you for coming to lead us along your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Thank you. I absolutely love this. One of my favorite Christmas songs ever. And uh, I'm glad that you got to participate in that today and, and worship with us. Um, we are going to let Miss Catherine take our children to Children's Church at this time. And so if she does that, I'm going to invite Pastor Andy to come up because we've got something really special we're going to do right now. If you have not noticed already, we have beautiful baby quilts all along the altar rail here. And um, we are going to, these are quilts that are made for a United Way program called Success by Six. And we, twice a year, we have, we have ladies that work on these quilts and twice a year we do these baby uh, blankets, baby quilts, and we give them to uh, this United Way program, Success by Six. These are given to single mothers or to mothers who ha are underprivileged in some way. And this is a special way of saying we love you and we care about you and we want your baby to be wrapped up in a quilt that somebody made. And how awesome is that? Just a way of saying we love you. And what, what we do is we pray over these quilts and then we deliver them and then they get delivered to, to these moms and these babies get wrapped up in, uh, in a quilt. And that is, I don't know. That's pretty special. So thank you to everybody who, who made these. And will you join me as, as we pray over these quilts? Lord, we thank you so much for people who took time to make something handmade. And we pray over these quilts that they would be a sign of love to every little baby that gets wrapped up in them, every baby who maybe plays on the floor on one of these. May these moms know that they have support, that they're not alone. And Lord, I just pray your blessings on that. They're the families that will be recipients of these quilts. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say one more time uh, to thank you again for all of your support and um, continue to support your church and uh, I want to also just extend a personal invitation for you to uh, call your friends and neighbors and tell them to join back in at 11 o'clock because the musical is going to be great. It's called The Thrill of Hope, and JT and Benny and the singers have been working really hard on it, and it'll be great. It'll be something that Pastor Andy's excited about it. So, all right, thank you again for all your support. God bless you.
staring at the face of God, the face of God. She looks upon the great hand, the gift of heaven in her hands, born to save the sons of was born to give them second Going back to Matthew chapter 1 today as we continue our series on uh, the incarnation. The various titles given to Jesus, and um, it's our focus for the sermon series, and it's also our focus for a Bible study that we do each Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. You can watch it online or you can come and participate in person. Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 today. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until 
she had born a son, and they named him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When our kids were little, uh, we had a basketball goal out in the driveway, and we spent a lot of time out there um, trying to burn off the energy of the kids uh, so they'd take a nap. Uh, no, really. I was really trying to teach them all my moves, which is, no, not really. If you've ever seen me play basketball, you know there are no moves. But one thing I can do pretty well is, um, is shoot free throws. So I was trying to teach them how to shoot a free throw. And I, I got the basketball, and, and I said, do it like this, you know, fall all the way through and everything. So, and so then they would get the ball, and, and they would try to do the, the, the granny shot, right, uh, or, or the overhand softball shot, which we did. We, played, we threw softball out in the yard a lot, too. Or, and, and I would get the ball back, and I'd say, no, 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 not like that like this, you know? And finally, one of them said, I can't remember which one, if they're watching this morning, they can remind me when I get home. I can't remember which one, but they said, Dad, it's easy for you, because you're way up there, and we're way down here. And I thought, well, you know, 10 feet is, is pretty high when you're way down here. Dad, you're way up there, and we're way down here. And I thought, you know, that's that's how a lot of people still think about God, is God, you're way up there, and we're way down here, and it's pretty rough down here where we are. Um, but we as Christians are bold enough to say that that is not the way God is at all, that God is, in fact, Emmanuel, God with us. That's really what God, God is like, that God is with us. Emmanuel, and that really is something that separates us from some other of the world's major religions. If you think about it, um, one of the, the world's major religions, Islam, does believe in one supreme God, but that God is so superior and transcendent and so up there that, that no one really can relate to God on a personal level. Uh, Hinduism is another one of the world's major religions, and, uh, and, and they believe in, in one main God, Brahman, but in many, many, many manifestations of God um, and goddesses, and that these various manifestations of gods and goddesses, they can be incarnate, but they could be incarnate in an idol or in a temple or in a river or in an animal. And then uh, Buddhism, for example, doesn't believe in the existence of God or gods at all. Um, so really no way to relate to God at all, only try to um, achieve enlightenment. And then there's Christianity. There's Christianity that, as crazy as it sounds, believes that God is with us. God is with us. That God who created us has always been uh, wanting to have a relationship with us, has always been wanting to be near to us, and that God wanted to be with us so much that the Word of God actually took on human flesh and dwelled among us. 
Now, for some people, that might sound a little bit ridiculous. I don't know. Um, in one of his books, uh, Max Lucado writes, uh, the book is called God Came Near, by the way. Any of y'all like Max Lucado books? I've just about read them all, I think. But in this book, he tells a time that he was fresh out of college and he was working for a radio show uh, called Heartbeat Radio. And he was just a volunteer worker for this radio program. Uh, but the main, one of the main Bible teachers was a guy named uh, Landon Saunders. And uh, the, this teacher, Brother Saunders, taught uh, whatever his lesson was that day. And then he had a call in. All right, callers, you can call in and ask your questions. And there was this really super skeptical guy that called in to, to ask uh, Brother Saunders a question. And this man who called in, the conversation went something like this. The man said, the caller said, you mean to tell me that God became a baby and that he was born in a sheep stall. And Brother Saunders said, yes, that is what I mean to say. And the caller went on and said, and then after becoming a baby, he was raised in a, basically a blue-collar home and that he never really wrote any books and never really held any offices, and yet still he was the son of God. And Brother Saunders said, yes, that's right. And then the caller continued. He said, you mean to tell me that this person, Jesus, never traveled outside of his own country, never studied at a university, never lived in a, a palace or a castle or anything like that, and still was the king and still was regarded as creator of the universe. That's right, Brother Saunders said. And then the man went on to ask about the crucifixion and the resurrection after which that the resurrected Jesus appeared to more than 500 people and all of this. And Brother Saunders said, yes, that's pretty much the gist of it. And then the guy, the skeptical caller, finished up by saying this. And all of this was meant to prove that God loves us and wants to provide a way to be with us forever. And Brother Saunders said, you're absolutely right. That's what I said. And then the caller said, doesn't this all sound a little bit absurd? To which Landon Saunders replied, yes, I suppose it does. I suppose it does sound a little absurd. I suppose it does sound a little bit, I don't know, irrational when you put it that way. But as Max Lucado writes, it's the very irrationality of the whole thing that gives the gospel its greatest power, its greatest defense, for only God could love like that. Only God could love us that much. It does sound crazy, but as my friend Tony Jones loves to say, God is crazy about you, and God is crazy about me. Only God could love us enough to not be way up there, but to actually be down here with us because we got to admit, it's a mess down here. It'd be much easier to be way up there. It's a mess down here. But Matthew's gospel tells us that's not who God is. 
we, we heard the angel tell Mary a couple of weeks ago uh, that she was going to have a son and that he would reign and that his kingdom uh, would be never-ending, that Jesus is king. And then the angel visited Joseph and then uh, the angel said to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the, the child is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and when she has this son, you're going to name him Jesus, which means God saves. And Jesus is going to save his people from their sins. So we have Christ as king and then Christ as savior. And then Matthew, in the scripture that, that we just read this morning, Matthew connects the, the birth of Jesus, the savior, the king, connects him to the Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah when, when Isaiah wrote, Look, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you will name him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. So, if you want to know more, if you want to dig a little bit deeper into the connection between Isaiah and, and the New Testament, join us Wednesday night. We're going to talk about that in depth a little bit more. But for now, we're just going to ask this question. What does it mean to say that God is with us, that Christ is Emmanuel. What does that mean? Um, I think it means two big things. I think it means one is that God knows exactly what it's like to be a human being. God knows. In, in, in Christ, God took on human flesh, and God knew and God knows what it's like to be human. So God took on human flesh and you say, well, does that mean that Jesus was a demigod? Um, it, there is a, a character in mythology called a demigod. And sometimes it means that, that uh, a god uh, bore uh, an offspring with a mortal. And so what you have is a, a half god and half human. And the demigod would have... Uh, have more power than a regular person, but less power than, than a god. Uh, and Greek mythology, we're talking about like Achilles and Perseus and Orion. In Roman mythology, we're talking about Hercules, right? Egyptian mythologies had Imhotep. And if you are a fiction reader and you like Rick Reardon books, my, my daughters do, then you're talking about Percy Jackson, right? Uh, demigods. But our confession and our creed as Christians is that Jesus is not half God and half human. That Jesus is 100% God and 100% human, both God and man. And so when we say that he was fully human, what we are saying is, as and Adam Hamilton puts it in, this, uh, in his book Incarnation this way, that, that he experienced... Jesus experienced what we experience as humans. In Jesus, God experienced temptation, love, hunger, joy, fear, friendship. Jesus experienced grief and doubt and rejection, a sense of abandonment by God, and even death. That Jesus wept, he bled, he suffered, he died. And then Adam, and Adam Hamilton writes this, there is something profoundly moving about God actually knowing what we are experiencing as humans. That is profoundly moving to me. Uh, 
I hope that it is to you too. I hope it means that much to you that God is not just way up there imagining what it's like to be human. That God really does know. That when you feel temptation, you know that Jesus knows what, it li- what it's like to be tempted. And in Hebrews 4.15 said he was tempted in every way except without sin. That he actually stayed on the path. That he actually hit the mark that we miss. But that Jesus knows. That God knows. So that when we come to God for help, and we do. When we cry out with problems, and we do. We are crying out to somebody who really does understand. That's what Emmanuel means to me. Over 120 years ago, there was a a Belgian priest named Father Damien. Uh, You might have heard this story before. You might have heard of Father Damien. He began working with a group of lepers uh, in a colony who lived in a colony on a small Hawaiian island. And Father Damien... um, he worked with them to help find a source of clean water up in the mountain and, and to make a system to get the clean water down to the village. And he worked together with the, the members of the village of the colony, and, and they built a small chapel to worship in. And he made the first clinic there on the island. And uh, when they would worship together, um, he would always begin his service in the same way. He would always say, you lepers know that God loves you. Until after years of serving and working there, he started his service a different way one Sunday. He said, instead of you lepers know that God loves you, he, w- he said, we lepers know that God loves us. Because Father Damien had himself contracted leprosy. But he stayed there and kept loving and kept serving the people on that island until his death in 1898. And I tell you that story because it just reminds me of how much God uh, is invested in us as God Emmanuel. That God is fully invested. That God is all in. Not just a little bit. Because you see, Father Damien knew, literally knew what it was like so that he could minister to the lepers. And Jesus literally knows. Jesus, our Emmanuel, literally knows what it's like for us. So Emmanuel means that God knows. And secondly, Emmanuel means because God is with us, it means that God continues to be with us in Christ. Because we don't just say that God was with us, We say God is with us. We believe that God knows, that God continues to know, that God is with us even now, even now. And because of that, we can have the the peace that we need. We can have the contentment that we need. We can have the joy and the strength to face another day. And you say, well, Pastor Sam, you know, can you, how can you say that? Don't you know how hard it's been in 2020? Don't you know what I've suffered through? How can you say that God is with us? Well, I can say that because, well, first of all, I can say that because I know that, that God did not promise us a life that uh, didn't have hardships. As a matter of fact, Jesus promised something like the opposite of that. And John 16, says, I've told you this 
that you might have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And you might say, okay, well, Pastor Sam, I hear what you're saying, but I don't feel God's presence with me all the time. There are times that I just feel like God is way up there in distance. And if you said that to me, I would say, you know what? That is pretty normal. Because even some of the, some of the uh, saints that we admire the most have gone through seasons of their life when they felt just dry and felt that God was distant or there was just nothing but silence. Mother Teresa is uh, one of the most revered Christian servants in the 20th century. She's a person that I admired a whole lot. Um, but she, in her autobiography, if you ever read any of her writings, she, she's very honest about her struggles. And, and, it, and it wasn't a constant, uh, a constant sense that God was with her, even as, as much as she served, even as much as she saw Jesus in the face of the people that she was serving on the streets of Calcutta. She writes in one of her, uh, in one of her books that when she was around people who uh, talked about experiencing the presence of God, and feeling God's nearness near them, she wrote these words. She said, as for me, the silence and the emptiness is so great that I look and do not see, and I listen and do not hear. And yet Mother Teresa pushed on through those dry times. If you're in one of those dry times when you don't feel the nearness of God, you believe the nearness of God. You believe in Emmanuel, God with us, but you don't feel that. I encourage you to push on and to trust what Mother Teresa trusted even when she couldn't feel his presence. She trusted in his promise. Even when she couldn't feel his presence, she trusted his promise. And it's the promise that closes out the Gospel of Matthew. I think it is so cool and so beautiful how Matthew's Gospel begins with the angel giving the promise of the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, and then his Gospel ends with Christ, our Emmanuel, promising his followers as he sent them out into the world. He said, go out into the world in Matthew 28. Go out into the world and make disciples all over the world. Go and teach them, he said. Go baptize them. And the very last words in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you always, no matter what. No matter what. Even, even in a pandemic, I'm with you. I've been doing the read through the Bible uh, this year and not too long ago I was reading in the book of Daniel and reading one of my favorite um, one of my favorite stories is the story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and King Nebuchadnezzar did this giant gold statue and set it up in the plains right and he said when you hear the sound of the music everyone he issued a decree that everyone had to bow down to this golden idol and um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow. They did, when they heard the music, they didn't bow. And the king Nebuchadnezzar called them in. He really liked these three Hebrews. And he called them in. 
and said, look, I'm going to give you another chance because you don't seem to understand that if you don't do what I say, you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And I don't know, nobody's God going to deliver you out of the fiery furnace. And they said to him, oh, king, um, our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow before the golden idol. And King Nebuchadnezzar got super angry and his face turned red. And he told the people to go and crank up the heat in the fiery furnace seven times hotter than it had already been. So hot that the people who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there were killed themselves from the heat of the fiery furnace. And then later when the fires died down, the king went and looked into the fiery furnace and he saw not three people walking around but four and one of them it says in the book of Daniel had the appearance of a God you see God is with us no matter what and God is able to deliver us even from a pandemic. And yet, we confess that even if he doesn't, he's still with us. Even if he doesn't, he's still Emmanuel. And we can still trust that with all of our hearts. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you reached out to us. It's not that we pursued you, God, but it's that you pursued us. That you took on human flesh, that you came to live among us. That you know exactly what it's like for us to struggle. That you know what it's like to have a heartbreak that you know what it's like to have a friend betray you. That you know what it's like to cry over a loss. To rejoice. To laugh. And you even know what it's like to die. Thank you, Lord, for defeating death for us. For being our risen Christ, Emmanuel. Help us to hold on to that, especially when times are hard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
now hear this benediction. Christ Emmanuel, God with us, will keep us when we walk through the fire, in the good times, in the bad times, through everything. Hold on to that promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.